0: Ooh-wee! What do you know? The Archeapreneur now is back for another go. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and this is episode 33. I've got Anthem Salgado on today, the founder of Art of Hustle and the Art of Hustle podcast He's doing some brilliant things with marketing he's inspiring creatives he's teaching creatives how to make a living doing what they love what better of a guest to have on this show so everybody buckle up your pants and hold on tight because here we go are you ready to get stickity stickity rickity funky drop the beat here we go now Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self! A skidam a rinkity dinkity dink a cock a doodle doo. Our guest today is going to bring out the hustle in all of you. Hold on to your pants and get ready to dance because he's teaching the creatives how to stay alive and do the jive. He's a marketing guru, a creative machine, the founder of the art of hustle, Anthem Salgado. Anthem, you are the entrepreneur now. What is up, man? What's going on? He thank you for having me on the show. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, you're brilliant, even though it's the time I've known you has been short lived. Uh, I've gone through all of your blog, I've listened to your podcast, which is The Art of Hustle. I've been on artofhustle.com, uh, and, and it's amazing, amazing, valuable stuff coming from somebody who really. Uh, sees myself in the future doing the kind of things that you're doing now. So I'm going to be continuing to follow you. Follow you, And I highly suggest anybody out there to check it out. Uh, he's the founder of The Art of Hustle, a professional development and consulting program. Uh, he's got the podcast, which is amazing. And he's a business coach, a marketing strategist out of San Francisco, California, who was referred to me by Kim Nickel, which was episode four. And you can go check that out, too. Uh, but you've worked with with numerous organizations all over the board, uh, all over your champion career, man, including tons of creative ones, the Yerba Buena Center for Arts, San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, Hip Hop Theater Festival, the list goes on and on. You've given talks and workshops all over the country, including Stanford, and have also received several awards because, well, Anthem, you're a champion. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it, He, Thank you. Yeah man, so can you can you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself and sort of the background uh, and the turning point of how you ended up starting your own company?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. Uh I have a visual arts degree. That's um where I started and even as a visual artist, I was very multidisciplinary, so um, that began my, my, career began as an illustrator or college career rather. Um, and being a curious person, I eventually took up, uh, photography when everyone was still shooting on film. So that's how long ago that was. <laughs> and then I got into experimental video, conceptual art, installation art. And, um, after graduating from college, I found myself hanging around a lot of, uh, cultural workers, activists, and those guys were all poets. So I also tried my hand at poetry and writing, uh, literary arts, um, short story writing, prose, things like that. And after a while, looking at all my writings, I very quickly realized that the stuff was always written in the first person and that it could very uh, easily translate into monologue. So then that began my transition into the theater arts. (laughs) And so I was writing and performing for theater. And um, at one point, I also uh, connected with a uh, musician and composer whose name um, is, uh, well, he goes by several names. But one that he goes by is Canturion. And he's actually the guy who made the uh, intro music for my podcast, and he and I basically put together a spoken word uh, poetry band that um, traveled around a little bit, and that was for about two years. And throughout that entire duration, I was doing uh, – I was an artist teacher, and I was also an arts administrator, which is how I got my basic marketing chops. And um, I got into the business that I'm in now because in 2008 – if you would all uh, if you all haven't erased it from your memories yet uh, was the recession here in the states and that lasted for a good couple of years and that definitely affected my ability to make an income and um, I was suffering through unemployment like everybody else and for some reason, I got stuck and I just needed to make a move and I didn't know what it was, but I knew I couldn't wait for some magical employer to uh, you know uh, help me out because it just wasn't working and so it was kind of like your classic American story where I was down and out and I had to do something. So I, I started a business and I can't say that it was all easy and smooth sailing, but that's pretty much the emergence of Art of Hustle in the
0: beginning. Yeah, and it's a, it's an amazing name, man, because I'm sure you were hustling your ass off. But it's funny how those things happen and you kind of get shifted almost by something in the universe, in a in a certain direction, where you you kind of feel like it's the right way to go, and you end up there. And now looking back, I'm sure you're like, "Wow, you know, it's it's a great thing that all that happened." And I couldn't get a job somewhere, and I got to have all these experiences with all these different types of artists, and get get that real uh, ground level experience, and and be able to take it on and create this company. And um, yeah,
1: it was a, it was an amazing learning moment. And I think I just want to add. That well, what I'm especially grateful about having gone through that suffering is that Art of Hustle was very values driven because the one moment of quiet meditation that I had with myself that led to this aha was I asked myself the question, if I was working for the arts or nonprofit organization of my choice, whichever it was, what program would I advocate for no matter what? And the answer came back, professional development and career advice for artists. And so, um, I thought if it's really that important, then I should be doing it no matter what. And, um, that's how it all kicked off.
0: Fantastic, man. So, you know, there, there are so many resources and tools out there nowadays. And if you seriously just take the reins and continuously position yourself as a student uh, and then take that information and, and take it to others and teach others and combine that with with a really superior work ethic, work ethic, like, you know, hustling, I have a hard time believing that there's any way you will fail in the long run, if you if you're very persistent about it. And you're obviously an advocate of self education. And in 2013, you launched the Art of Hustle University. And it's basically an online training program for artists that focuses on marketing fundamentals. So what, what kind of goodies are you teaching on this platform, man? Can you go into some of the pressure points of that program? Well um that's that's a continuous
1: um work in progress at the moment I have um a basic class to teach artists how to assemble their artists kit and while there's a lot of books and other uh, online programs or even just websites you could check out to learn how to make your artist's kit. I feel like everybody teaches it slightly different. So um, right now, the one online class I have there uh, focuses in on how to write a resume if you have if or if you feel like you have little or no experience in in your particular discipline. How to translate that resume into a biography, and finally how to write an artist statement the proper way or what I deemed to be the proper way. A lot of times when people write their artist statements, they're writing it from the perspective of a reviewer because um, the most common form of writing these days is from art reviews. So you find artists writing as if they were reviewers and they're like reviewing their own work, which is sort of the wrong way to do it because the artist statement is really supposed to be there to give your viewer Uh, more insight into your work. So I kind of show people how to do that more effectively in that class as well.
0: Would you say it's better for them to just be completely themselves when they're writing those? Uh, Yes, but I also think it's important
1: to um, recognize that writing is its own skill set. And so whenever possible, I encourage people to partner with writers who can help them shape that story. So um, if anything, I tell people to talk more about what influenced them or what inspired them to create a particular work or a particular series of works rather than to give an over-analysis of their own art.
0: Yeah, so what inspired you to get that podcast rolling?
1: So the podcast, gosh, well, I mean, I just love the internet right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I I love that there's so many ways a person can express themselves and get a message out. And so um, podcasting, just made sense to create um, kind of like a radio show because ultimately that's what it is. And so I like the idea that rather than just highlighting my own expertise, which you know naturally is mostly what's populating the artipuscle site through the blogs, most of the writing is mine, um, it was an opportunity for me to say, look, I believe in hustle, but I'm not the only one practicing it. There are so many other people that believe in this work and practice it in their every day. And I want to show everybody that this is, um, it's a movement, really. And everybody, and, and that if you decide to get into hustling or grinding, that you're not alone, that you have folks um, at least in the virtual world that you could listen to and be inspired by while you're out there, uh, you know, trying to make your own dream happen for yourself.
0: And this is not to be confused with gangster hustling, is it? No. And that, I'm glad you asked that <laughs> because,
1: <laughs> because, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation once with a, a literary professor and he said, and this was a, you know, lunch conversation. And he said, gosh, you know what? You got You got to stop using that word hustle and i said why he goes well you know it sounds like you know illegal activity and it was hilarious because it occurred to me that there was a generational gap happening and ultimately uh, he thought of it as related to you know thievery or prostitution or whatever and uh but the my context for hustle is like in the sports context of like you know when you see coaches tell their players to hustle they're saying you know get a move on or also in the sort of like music or hip hop context where it's about like being creative with your survival, not just uh, taking the world as is.
0: Yeah, and I got the hustle gene when I was young. I, I remember my dad continuously uh, slapping me in the ass, telling me to hustle. I, g- I guess I was slow on the basketball court or something, but it, it was a word that was yelled in my ear over and over again. So uh, <laughs> I saw both, both different sides of the word at a young age as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um and do you feel like having that world yelled at you has affected your work ethic today? Oh, even absolutely you're
0: not? Yeah. I wasn't smart yeah. enough to come up with the name Art of Hustle though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised the domain name was available to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel lucky.
0: <laughs> I mean it, it's baller, man. It's baller in itself. So for <laughs> thank you. For a creative type. Uh, to take a leap of faith and create the life where you really have no boss. You know, nobody Nobody, I feel like should have to answer to somebody if they don't want to. Now, I understand the the process of employment, and some people enjoy that. They, they enjoy having tasks handed to them, uh, but, but not everybody. So for somebody who really wants to get that life and take that jump where they have no boss to answer to and they have that freedom, what do you think the best advice is for them?
1: Well, the, this is something I tell everybody. And um, so I'm going to give you a sneak peek into, <laughs> into uh, what's often missing from most people's educations. Um, when you think about a company, there are typically four departments that make a company run smoothly. And they are product and or service development the next would be marketing, after that would be sales, and then finally there would be a management team. And when you think about most artists and most creatives, most people that want to start a business, most people almost always focus 100% of their energy on product and service development, meaning uh, an artist will focus on their art and a massage therapist will be an expert massage therapist, Uh, you know, and, and, uh, so on and so forth. So you know, a photographer will be a master photographer, but they're still missing three other departments if you were to envision yourself as a company. So the number one advice I would give to most people who want to be their own boss means you have to learn to wear those three other hats and even more so to be able to run your business effectively. You can't just be an awesome product. You have to be a manager. You have to be a marketer. You have to be a, a, a salesperson.
0: And at the local level, you know, for someone take me, for example, I live in Lexington, Kentucky, so it's not quite a city like San Francisco, but Mm -hmm. but there are so many different creative networks I could get involved with. Uh, Would you recommend that I that I go around here locally and try to meet people in the creative community to to an extent where it starts to open some new doors of opportunity uh, to to kind of lead to some of these revenue streams?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely um, one of the things that I like to let people know is there's, we, we have to think about what our business model is to begin with. Like, what is the thing that you're selling and how do you want to make money from your art or your business or whatever it is you want to do? Um, and after you figure that part out, uh, then that will determine how you secure your audience, and they might be local, or they might be online, and they might be a combination of both. And those are things that would be determined once you figure out what your business model is and who your target audience is. So um, for example, um, when I used to work for organizations, some people would have these uh, you know, sort of dialogues about whether direct mail was a valid method of getting the word out for a particular uh, program. And that's the wrong question. The right question is, well, who are you trying to get the word out to? Because if it's an audience of 60 years or older, then direct mail still works because that audience checks their mail. They would like receiving the word through the mail. Um, If it's, you know, 20s and 30s, then maybe not because that's not a mail generation. So it really depends on who you're trying to reach. And then that will determine like how you reach them
0: yeah it's cr- it's crazy the science behind that too and, and the marketing curve that everybody could learn. Have you ever read uh, jab, jab, jab right hook
1: I, I haven't yet. I've passed by it many times, and every now and then I think about picking it up. but um, I just have so many books in the queue right now. <laughs> to, I, I I couldn't add another one right yet
0: yeah, you you need to you do need to get it and move it. i mean, if if you're into marketing, it's it'll even if it's from someone who knows a lot about it. This book's incredible, and it gets into all that. It gets into, you know, how you should act differently on different social media platforms, and a lot of mm-hmm. things that'll say, make you say, "Oh, wow, I never even thought about that." Even though you might think that you're, you know, upper tier ninety, you know, ninety five percent of uh, the marketing on the internet, you, you're better at it than those people. But uh, it's crazy, so I highly suggest you check that out.
1: Yeah, I definitely will. You know, I read his uh, second book, um, which was Thank You Economy. And that, that definitely highly changed some of the way I looked at things and it also validated some of the way I looked at things. So uh, that's, that's another one that I would recommend for folks who are interested in that sort of like online social media space.
0: shoo we Get out there and yep. get them. Get out there and mm-hmm. get them. So, Build that library. Yeah, hit up that library. <laughs> so, I think patience and persistence are the two most important qualities and staying on track with my priorities and achieving my particular goals and really taking each day to the next level. So how do you feel about taking every moment really for what it is and making each and every breath that you take the absolute best that you can over and over again and sort of applying this method to everything that you do?
1: I think it's really important. I believe in, um, that no success is too small. And that's not my quote. That's actually a quote from uh, one of my own podcast guests, uh, David Archuleta. He said that, and it really stuck with me ever since that no success is too small. And we should really strive for excellence in just about everything we, we do, not just in business, but in, and in our careers, but also in our personal lives, just to kind of like fully you know, be alive and enjoy ourselves um, in every aspect of just being here on Spaceship Earth.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so true. There's there's no such thing as failure. I mean, you have success and then you have quitting. And if you take success, even if you're trying for something that is way harder than what you actually achieve, it's still a success. I mean, so it's true. No success is too small because it's always better than doing nothing at all.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. You're either growing or dying. That's a, that's a very common saying in the, uh, in the most motivational speaker world. And I think it's true. There's no such thing as really staying still. So a lot of times people stay still because they think it's safe and they don't realize that um, you're actually atrophying. Your muscles are, you know, shrinking, um, you know, metaphorically and, and, and otherwise. So uh, you ha- just have to stay in motion whenever possible.
0: Yeah, don't be lazy and unheady and sit at home and just be a slob get out get out move around and do something you'll feel a hell of a lot better i'll tell you that much yeah i have to agree i have to agree (laughs) so what do you tell creative people that are struggling with the creative process
1: uh gosh let's see um i think most of the times when people feel like they're stuck in their creative process it's because they've um they've gotten a little bit too routine And the truth of the matter is when you're looking for inspiration, it always happens in the most unusual ways. Like that's why inspiration is awesome is because you never know when it's going to hit you. And so uh, there are ways to cultivate that. And when people get stuck, it's because they've been uh, they've gotten stuck in a pattern and they expect the pattern to keep returning the same results. But The brain is so smart, you know, it's a pattern-seeking organism. So once it recognizes the pattern, it stops having that aha uh, chemistry. So um, you have to do, I would think you would have to do one of two things. Either do something completely radically different and, you know, take a different way home or a different way to work or take a trip or read a different kind of book or eat a different kind of food or hang out with different kinds of people. Or the flip side of that would be to stay very, very, very still because sometimes people um, don't let enough stillness come in for the awesome idea to come through because they're so busy putting stuff on their plate that um, the inspiration just doesn't even have uh, an opportunity to make itself known. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, time to visualize and, and reflect is so, so crucial. And you know that's where meditation kind of plays a role in. And you know I did a blog post a couple weeks ago about how I used to really, I used to think about meditation as you know, just blow that off. you know, that's for the birds. And <laughs> after I met Kim, I mean, she's really changed my entire life because I've been able to take all of this and and really just sit calmly and think about stuff for about five minutes and just focus on it. And it's amazing the transformation it can have on a day.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah. So I would say for the folks who are moving too fast, practice stillness, and for the folks who are being too still, <laughs> <laughs> move a little bit more. That's basically
0: it. Yeah, just do something. All right. <laughs> yep. Indeed. So, Indeed. so I mean, something I do when I, you know, when I was younger and I used to paint more. Uh, if I had a creative block, I'd just take my pants off and drive somewhere in public. And that usually got my mind rolling a little bit. You know, you, you get somebody uh, looking at you strange; it's 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 a whole nother ball game because it puts you in an uncomfortable place. Yeah, you got to get out of your comfort zone, man.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then no better way than driving with your pants off.
0: Yeah, you know, getting out and putting <laughs> your boxers on before you go in the store or something. Hilarious. <laughs> so, hey, man, if you if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anyone from the past or the present, who would it be and what would you create?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a tough question. I just first thought that comes to mind is a Jim Jarmusch, (laughs) the filmmaker. Cause what two movies of his that I really love um, are dead man And Ghost Dog. And so, um, yeah, both awesome films. And I just feel like he would be an awesome person to work with. And I guess uh, we'd work on one of his films. I don't know what role exactly I would play, but um, that would be fun.
0: What what do you think you could learn from him? Well, um, I
1: think I could learn about how to be... um, how to be um, an independent artist with a very unique voice and still uh, be able to get the work produced because not that I know that much about Hollywood, but you know, uh, that's a really tough game to break into. And it always amazes me when certain people are able to make work almost from what I can tell on their own terms, still make really uh, unique kinds of art and and have an audience for it and, and have the thing get, Produced and distributed. I think that would be an amazing thing to learn, like how that all comes together exactly.
0: Oh, uh, it, it's beautiful to to see that process happen. And I had a, a previous guest on Sirab Mirmont, and he's a Hollywood director. And it was actually episode ah. two. And at 19 years old, I mean, with basically nothing, you know, he created this film, and he ended up winning uh, Audience Choice at the New York International Film Festival. And after that, he was getting money thrown at him left and right to create these films. And, you know, he's still making movies. And his his newest one is called The Freemason. Uh, I think they just re released it. It's not the newest one he's working on, but he has got Sean Astin in it, which was Samwise G from Lord of the Rings is the star. Oh, nice, and, uh, nice. Yeah, he's a cool dude. It was a pretty cool interview. Uh, and that's episode two. So you guys can check that out at artscnow.com forward slash two. Very but, cool. But yeah, Very I mean, cool. creating anything from scratch and just seeing the development of it, it, there's nothing more exciting than that to any any of us creatives. And in a sense, anything in the world that we do is is a creative process. Uh, so if we can yep. just keep that in mind and stay positive about it and just be willing to do it, it's amazing the doors that can open on the other end.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, that's something I like to tell people all the time, too, Uh is that your creativity shouldn't be restricted just to the creation of your um, art form. Because to be an artist, to be a creative, is to practice that creativity in also in your business, in how you market yourself, how you sell yourself, how you uh, set up shop, you know, and that, and sometimes I think it's funny when artists say, well, I'm not very business-minded because, um, They're relying on an image, like an old stereotype of what it means to be business minded. When the way I practice it and the way I try to encourage people to practice it is to extend the creativity that you're already applying to the canvas, to uh, the composition, to the choreography, to the video, whatever it is. And, you know, it's just the same brain. It's not like you have to use a different brain. It's like, it's your creativity let, so and let that be expressed in all facets of your life not just in your art form and you'll find that it's uh it's not much of a stretch really it's like new maybe new skill sets but creativity is creativity
0: yeah the brain likes to be worked and hustled you know
1: yeah i mean it'll 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 serve you well you know honestly um i think too often people think that to be creative is just to make something that they call art rather than bringing that Uh, artfulness to everything they do.
0: If you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big bastard?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, again, I'm all about the work ethic. So Godzilla, he is huge, but if you've seen the films, he does not move very fast so I think I could just outwork Godzilla <laughs> you I could outrun hustle, Godz- huh? <laughs> yeah you just you could outrun Godzilla most of the time so um I think it's really about outworking him probably he'd, he'd run out of steam faster than I would so that's the way I would do it
0: better hope he's not drinking Red Bulls
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> but on a
1: regular day no problem
0: injecting it like heroin in his jugular you never know (laughs) never do never do with
1: those Godzillas
0: Anthem I I really appreciate you being on man you have been fantastic and it's been so much fun and before we go do you have any favorite advice resources or you know mobile or online tools that you use that you think would be of value to our listeners
1: gosh um not any very specific advice I just feel like Um recognize that there are more disciplines than the one that you're practicing and recognize too that there are tons of books on every one of those topics. And I'm really about like making sure that your library is well kept and um whether it's Kindle or Audiobook or anything else, like go ahead and take advantage of all the different um, you know, experts that are out there. Um that's what I would say.
0: Check out that library. (laughs) exactly (laughs) anyways so uh is there a way our listeners can get in contact with you
1: yeah i'm actually very 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 accessible so um uh, all my information is at artofhustle.com you could leave comments there you could have access to all the social sites from there the yelp page um my email is on there so um anyone from around the world that would like to get in touch. I always love hearing from people. That would be great.
0: Awesome, man. You are fantastic. And everybody get out there and get your hustle on. And, you know, I'm not talking about the bitches and the money and the weed. I'm talking about following <laughs> your passion and working <laughs> step after step, day after day and following what, what you're truly put on this earth to do. So hustle, 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 uh, leave the gold chains with the dollar signs at home and Anthem Thank you so much for being the Archapreneur Now, and always remember to keep it funky. Indeed. Thank you for listening to the Archapreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now Thank you.
1: The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling at of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com.
0: Keep it funky.